welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Amen. How many love you some Jesus today? Amen. Amen. If you are a visitor, welcome. It's good to have you guys today with us. Um, if you're a regular, it's always good to be uh, with family. We call ourselves a family. And so um, if this is your first time here, welcome to uh, the family. Uh, we are in a series called Red Letters um, where really we're just kind of looking at the heart uh, of Jesus. And so in, in, in your Bible, some of you may have bought a Bible where um, some of the words are in red. And, and all that's an indication of is that these are the words of Jesus. And so they're, they're supposed to pop off the page a little bit so that you can see the words d- directly given by Jesus. Jesus Christ. And so um, we really believe it's important because we know that Jesus' words have healing. Amen, church? And they have hope and they have power. We know that his words are life-giving. But more than anything else, his words have stood the test of time. Here we are 2,000 plus years later and Jesus' words are still going strong and still giving life and still giving hope. And so we're encouraged by that. And, and so as we were talking about really what the strategy uh, of our heart is, we just said, man, we want our strategy to be the strategy of Jesus Christ. And remember the old bracelets, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? And everybody sported those. Like, we, I love that, but I don't want to know what Jesus uh, would do. I want to know what Jesus did. Amen. Because I believe that it's important to see what Jesus did and then just do it again. Just, just emulate. So if Jesus is healing, we want to walk in that. If Jesus is walking in power and authority, we want to walk in that. If Jesus is speaking life into the broken, we want to do that. Amen? Come on now. Amen? So this is a time for our hearts to get stirred a little bit together. As we do this red letter sermon series, our whole, our whole goal is that we follow suit with what Jesus did. And so our prayer isn't that you just listen to it, check it off your list, but that your hearts are stirred by it. And so last week we talked about serving because we're, we're walking through John 13 through 16, John chapter 13 all the way through 16. And last week we kind of focused on that moment where Jesus washed his disciples' feet and just his heart for humble servanthood. And we worked through that and hopefully it stirred you a little bit in that. Today we're going to talk about how Jesus used truth to speak over every situation. Amen. Jesus used truth to break every stronghold of the enemy. And so we want to do that. We want to be people who look at how Jesus approached people, how Jesus approached life, spoke truth into people, and it broke every stronghold. And we want to follow suit with that because we believe there's a lot of strongholds over people that can be broken with the truth of Jesus Christ. And so that's where our hearts are at today. But truth is a funny thing. As I was kind of talking and to myself and developing the message over the week, I realized something. Truth is one of those funny things. There's a lot of times that we don't want to give truth and a lot of times that we don't want to receive truth. Amen? There's a lot of times where we don't want to give truth and a lot of times we don't want to receive truth. And I had this epiphany when I was at the dentist's office, all right? And when you're at the dentist's office and they're doing work in your mouth, they always usually say something where they're getting ready to stick you with a needle. They'll say, this may pinch a little, you may feel uncomfortable. Anybody ever hear that? This may pinch a little, you may feel uncomfortable. And they stick you and it feels like they're ripping your jaw out, right? I'm like, you just lied to me. Just tell me you're going to rip my jaw out, right? But they don't want to give you that full truth because they know that you may react differently than they need you to react in that moment. Nor do you really want to receive that truth like, hey, I just want you to know this is going to hurt extremely bad and you're going to want to scream, all right? Like, 
we don't necessarily always want to receive the truth, but we also don't necessarily always want to give the truth either. I was thinking about this with my kids as well. You know, um, when they get in trouble and I'm like, look, and I, I've, I've got to, sp- dad's got to spank you. And, and, and I'll say, this, this may hurt you, but I want you to know it hurts me more. And that's just a blatant lie, amen? That's <laughs> a straight up blatant lie. I'm like, no, it's going to hurt you more, trust me. But we do that because our hearts are, are, are tender and we're like, man, I just, I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to receive this or whatever it is. So truth is one of those finicky things. And I think that sometimes what we do is we've got this truth inside of us that if we would just give it and let the Lord do his work with it, we would see the enemy's lies and strongholds broken. And this is what Jesus did. He never withheld Jesus never withheld the truth. And I think that a lot of times what I've seen over the course of life, especially in ministry after all these years, is I listen to people and the minute they began to get the truth of Jesus in their hearts and they began to get the truth inside of them, they go, man, I feel like a weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. So truth is a very freeing thing. And so that's what we're gonna kind of go after today. So if you have your Bibles, John chapter 14, um, John chapter 14, starting with verse 1 through 7, and we're going to jump down to 11 through 14. Um, And Jesus says this, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Somebody needs to hear that today. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that... If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And look what he says in verse 4. And you know the way to where I am going. And all of a sudden in verse 5, we see Thomas. No, we don't, Lord, know the way, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way. I just want to stop there for a minute because I love this part. This is, this is like the night where he's just washed their feet. They've broken bread together. Here in about 24 hours plus, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. So he's washed their feet. He lays out this whole kind of grand scheme. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be giving my life up. They've been spending three years with him, living with him, going from place to place to place. And so this is kind of a brand new epiphany to them. They're like, Lord, we gave up our homes and our families. We, we gave up our friendships. We gave up everything for the last three years. And now you're telling us you're getting ready to go home. What does that mean for us? And what I love is that um, I'm sure all of the disciples were listening to Jesus saying, man, there's plenty of room in my house for you. You know where I'm going. And I just like, I picture Peter and, and most of the disciples going, yes, Lord, we We do know where you're going. Yes, Lord, this is resonating with our hearts. And Thomas is like most of us. He's like, excuse me, nope, I have no idea what you're talking about right now, right? Like, I I don't know what you're talking about. And all these guys that are nodding their heads saying, yes, they know, they're lying to you, Jesus. They don't know either, right? And I love that because it's just this honest truth in this moment where Thomas, and poor Thomas, Thomas is always the one that's getting a bad rap, right? Like, you'd think it'd be Peter, but no, it's Thomas. Thomas is the one who dealt with belief issues. Thomas is like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. All I know is for three years I followed you around, and now all of a sudden you're telling me you're going somewhere. You're always talking in riddles. I have no idea what you're talking about, right? And, and so what I love about it is just this honesty that's coming out from, from Thomas. And I think sometimes we have to be truthful and honest as well. Like, Jesus, I have no idea what you're doing right now. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where you're going with this thing. 
But here's the deal. I'm going to fix in on you for a minute. Because look what Jesus tells them right after that. He doesn't come at Thomas. He doesn't say, how could you not know after all of these years necessarily? Look what he says. He says, all right, then I'm going to tell you. Jesus says in verse 6, Jesus told them, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Church, let me tell you why this is so cool, because it goes on in verse 11, and he tells us something that we're not going to really get into um, today, but we're going to get into next week. He says, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because, I have wor- because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth. Somebody say truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to the Father. You can ask anything in my name and I will do it so that, the Son of Glo- so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. You ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. This is so big for us. We're going to camp out on that part a little bit next week when we talk about the Holy Spirit. But this first week when Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. That is connected with the very first verse that he said, which is, do not let your hearts be troubled. So he opens up with, don't let your hearts be troubled because I'm preparing a place for you. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And I wanna focus on this because I believe this is a big deal for all of us in here. It's one of those things that, that I think is a big deal for all of us because out of all the things, and this is my opinion, But out of all the things that the enemy is afraid of, out of all the things that Satan is afraid of, he is afraid of us getting to know the truth of Jesus Christ. He's afraid of it. He's not afraid when you come to church. He's not afraid necessarily that that you went to Bible study the other day. He's not afraid, because we do churchy things. That's what we do, right? It's American culture. We'll do churchy things. What the enemy is afraid of is when you start to latch the truth of Jesus Christ into your hearts, that scares him. Because when you and I begin to live and speak and believe the truth of Jesus, the enemy must flee. This is so pivotal for us. Churchy things he's not afraid of, but he is afraid when the truth of Jesus Christ comes into our life. So here's where we're contending against today. This is why this is such a big deal, because there's a battle for truth of Jesus in our lives. And it's a spiritual warfare that's taking place in our life. And I just want to give you Satan's goal real quickly, and I want to give you God's goal. If you look at Genesis 3, and we've worked through this before in here, what Satan said to Eve, did God really say that you can't eat of all the trees of the garden? He posed that question, and, and, and basically he was like, what do you believe? That's what he's asking her. What, what do you believe? What do you believe that God said, Eve? So Satan's kind of messing with her mind a little bit. Of course, she says, we may eat from the trees in the garden. It's only the fruit in the middle of the garden from the tree that we're not allowed to eat of. God said, you must not eat of it or even touch it or you will die. Satan says, you won't die. We, We worked through this. The serpent replied to the woman. The woman was convinced. All that happened right there. Nothing else happened right there except that her truth changed. 
The truth that she had in her heart, the truth that she was set and firm on, the truth that she had been enjoying where she'd been eating the fruit of every other tree in the garden and enjoying the fruit of every other tree in the garden, something happened where that one that she knew in her heart she wasn't supposed to go after, something changed in that moment. The enemy simply misguided her and manipulated her into believing that that truth that she had hung on to for so long wouldn't really cost her her life. And so because of that, she participated in eating of that tree, and we know what happened with that. Look, this is Satan's goal. His strategies are super simple, church. Satan's goal is that he wants to lie to you so that you don't latch onto the truth of Jesus. The message is really easy today. He wants to lie to you so that you don't latch on to the truth of Jesus Christ over your life. And everything that he does and every way that he comes at you hinges on what you and I are going to believe. Everything. Everything hinges on, do I believe the lie or do I believe the truth? Everything that we do in life hinges on that question. Do I believe the lie or do I believe the truth? And here's why. Because Satan is literally called the father of lies. John 8, he, Satan, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. Listen, for there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue or his native language. I love that. For he is a liar and the father of all lies. This is his goal. This is his strategy. He wants you and I to believe his lies over the truth of God. So what's God's goal then? Believe the truth. This is God's goal. Believe the truth. Walk in the truth. Speak forth the truth. Somebody say speak. Believe the truth. Walk in the truth. And I want you to get this. Speak forth the truth. God gave us a voice for a reason. Amen. We speak forth the truth in our lives. John 8, 32. It's one of the famous ones. What does he say? Then you will know the truth. Somebody say truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. We talk about this all the time. Like our heart is to be free in Jesus. We talk about, man, we love this identity of freedom. How do we get it? We have to receive the truth of Jesus in our lives. And that's not just a, you know what, I did that when I was 10 years old. This is a daily walking thing. Amen. This is a, I wake up, I receive the truth of God in my life today. I'm not a failure because yesterday seemed like I was a failure. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a bad husband because yesterday I felt like I was a bad husband. Every day I wake up and I receive the truth of God in my life. I'm going to speak that forth. And it changes something inside of us. I'm not going to attach myself to the lie that's been just bugging me all day. I'm a failure, I'm a failure. But I'm going to attach myself to the truth. It says, in Jesus, man, I'm a royal priesthood, holy nation, a person belonging to God. Amen? And so so I believe that everybody in this room wants this. There's not a question in my heart. Everybody in this room wants to be free in the fullest way. If the opposite of, of bondage, if the opposite of bondage is freedom and you had a choice, I believe that every person would say, I want freedom. I don't want slavery from brokenness or difficult situations or struggles or addictions. We all want to be free. So this is why Jesus is saying this is so important. Because when the truth of him comes into our lives, the enemy can't contend against him. Therefore, the enemy can't contend against who? 
Me. Somebody say me. If, if the enemy's not going to contend against God, and I've attached myself to all the truths of God, then when the enemy tries to come in and attach those lies to me, and he can't do it, he's going to go find somebody else. Because I've attached myself to the things of Jesus and the truth of who he is. This is why the enemy lies, man. He wants to bring us down with this. John 18, 37, I love this. John's speaking, and, and uh, John was writing about Jesus, and, and Jesus says these words when he's before Pilate. He says, actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the, what? Truth. I was born and I came into the world to testify to the truth. Now, we know that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. We know that he came to serve. We know those things. But all of that, giving his life, uh, serving, all of the things that Jesus did fits under that umbrella of, I came to testify to the truth because the truth is him. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. Why does he say this? Because when we come to know the truth of Jesus Christ, not just some truths about him, when we come to know the truth of Jesus Christ, I'm going to say that again, not just some truths about him, but the truth, the enemy knows he's in trouble. You see, this right here is why I believe at times in our life as Christians, we struggle and we contend and we're like, oh, today's bad, today's good, today's bad, today's good. Because what we do, do is we wake up and instead of speaking forth the truth of our identity, the truth of who I am, the truth of who Jesus is and who I am because of him, because of that, we attach ourselves to whatever yesterday's failures were or whatever we didn't get done today. Does that make sense? And here's where the game changer comes into then. When we use the truth as our weapon against the enemy, there is nothing that can form against us that will stand. <laughs> nothing. When we use the truth as our weapon, there, weapon, there's nothing that will form against us that will stand. And so we feel defeated in our lives, use the truth. We feel like we're not realizing the authority that we have in Jesus, use the truth. And I want to show you two things that truth does real quick if I can. Because we, I want to do some ministry time here in, in a minute. Uh, I want to show you two things that truth does. Number one, truth gives us hope from false realities. Truth gives us hope from false realities. Realities. John 14, 1 says, don't let your hearts be, what? Somebody say troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. I am the way, he goes on, the truth and the life. This is big. Belief and trust are the opposite of troubled hearts. We can find ourselves in a reality that everything is crashing down around us. We can find ourselves in this reality that we're buying into, that we're never going to have hope. We can find ourselves in that, but it's a false reality if we're found in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a false reality. We can say, man, the world is crashing down around me and I have no hope, but it's a false reality if we find ourselves in Jesus Christ. How do I know that to be true? Because look at every one of the disciples' lives. And look at Paul's life when he gives his, his litmus test of, I've been shipwrecked three times, beaten, bruised, hungry, cold, naked, starving, all those things. And what does he say? I found contentment in Jesus. <laughs> because the reality is that he found himself in Jesus and not in the circumstances. And so for you and I, sometimes we give ourselves over to that false reality because the truth is when we are found in Jesus, our reality is that we always have hope in him. 
The truth is when we're found in Jesus, our reality is that we always have life abundantly in him because God never goes back on his promises. John tells us in John 20, 31, what is the goal that he wrote all these things down in the book of John? He says, these things are written so that you may believe, that you may trust, that you may be assured that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And listen, and that by believing, by trusting in that, by having a trust in that, by believing you may have life in his name. That includes life to have power over troubled hearts. Now, some of you guys don't confuse that. Does that mean we'll never face trouble? No. John 16, says, in this world you will have trouble. Is he conflicted there? Is he, does he not know what he's talking about? No, he says, in this world you may have trouble, but take what? Heart. I have overcome the world. In other words, look, you and I are going to go through trouble. There's no question about it. You're going to go through persecution. You're going to go through tough times. You're going to have financial crisis possibly from time to time. You may have your marriage rocked from time to time. You may contend with issues in your life. You may wonder why singleness is in your life. You may contend with all these things. But at the end of the day, the truth is that when we're in Jesus Christ, our hearts don't have to be troubled because we know who has us. What does this look like on a practical scale is Jesus is in a boat and a storm is raging around the disciples and the dude's sleeping. His physical circumstance looked dire, but his heart was not troubled. Why? Because Jesus knew who his father was and he knew the truth of his father. And the truth of his father is, I've got big plans for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, church, the reason that sometimes we're like the disciples running around in the boat, bailing water out and trying to plug holes and everything else is because our hearts are so troubled by our circumstances and not in the truth of what Jesus says about us, that he's got us. I know we wrestle with that. Some of you guys are in here today and you're like, man, you tell me my, my heart's not supposed to be troubled. No, no, I'm, I'm telling you this, that when you rest in Jesus, he takes care of that. He takes care of that. And, and, and so we go on and we see that in Scripture, Jesus says, look, don't let your hearts be troubled. And here's why. Because I am the way. If you've lost your way, if you don't know your way, if you don't know where you're going, he says, I am the way. Don't let your hearts be troubled because, because I am the truth. You don't know what the truth is. You're struggling with what to believe. You're struggling with where to go. You're struggling with, with your issues, your stresses, whatever. He's like, I am the truth. He says, don't, don't let your heart be troubled because I am life. You, you feel like your, your life is out of control. You feel like you're spinning or spiraling down. You feel like your life is mundane. You feel like your life is just blah. He says, That's, I am life. You don't have to find yourself in that. This is why it's the game changer. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. All we have to look at is Jesus. We don't have to look any farther. We just simply have to look to him. The reality, though, is that when we struggle, if you're like me, let's just be honest for a minute, I'm going to look to every other solution, and if those don't work, then I'm going to pray about it and look to Jesus. Amen? Like I, if there's trouble that comes my way, I'm just going to tell you right now, if my heart is troubled and my heart gets troubled, I'm going to look for every solution. Like, i got to fix this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to write my wife a sorry note. You know, I'm just saying, right? Like, I'm going to fix everything that I can, and if those don't work, then I'm going to go, 
I just need to really pray about this, right? And then I'm going to go and be like, Jesus, what do I do? So I've just wasted an entire day, right? Rather than going to the source who can fix it for me, and that's him. And the thing is, it's not because we don't necessarily or we can't turn to Jesus. It's that we just simply don't or we don't allow ourselves to go there first because we're going to try to fix it in our own way first is how we typically, at least how I typically run about it. And yet Jesus changes our perspective in everything. When I go to him, whatever issue, whatever it is that I'm facing, whatever trial, whatever struggle it is that I'm facing, when I go to him and he gives me the truth of who he is and I see it through his lens, when I see my struggles through his lens, when I see my issues through his lens, when I see my circumstances through the lens of Jesus Christ, it doesn't look so bad. It just doesn't look so bad. When Jesus showed the disciples how he could calm the storm like this, it didn't look so bad. When the disciples saw Jesus raising people from the dead, it didn't look so bad for them to die anymore. This is why Peter can go and be crucified upside down. The other guys are filleted alive or flayed alive or boiled or shot with arrows. They're like, look, I know what Jesus can do. I see through his lens now. And so life begins to change. Our perspective begins to change. Sure, it's rough but I know he has me. Sure, there's a rough stuff going on, but I know that my future is secure in him. When you buy in to this truth, Jesus becomes the hope of every hopeless situation. That is so cliche, isn't it? Did, did, did somebody just, like, your heart get warm just now? Jesus becomes the hope of every hopeless situation. I know that's so cliche, but it's so true. He just simply does. When you buy into this, every hopeless situation is infused with hope when we buy into this. So why is it that we don't buy into it? Because sometimes we give authority to the lies rather than give authority to the truth. Amen? And that's the second thing. Truth carries authority over lies. Now listen to me, church, because I feel like this is the one that, that we struggle with a, a lot. Truth carries authority over lies. In this room right here, all of you today, you're going to face a lie or a truth. You're just going to face it. Of something, somebody, something, somebody said, something that you feel, something, whatever, the enemy plants, tries to plant in your way. You're going to either say, I have authority over that lie because of the truth of Jesus, or you're going to give authority to that lie over the truth. And in that moment, you have to decide where you're going to go. And I'll tell you why. Because the authority of truth breaks the lies that keep us from moving forward. Look what he says again in John 8, 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In John 17, 17, Jesus is praying to the Father. He says, sanctify them, purify them, cleanse them by the, what? Somebody say truth. Purify them, sanctify them, cleanse them by the truth. Your word is truth. So the way that we get cleansed from that lies, the way that we get cleansed from that filth of believing something that we should have never bought into, the way that we get cleansed from that is that we simply buy into the truth of Jesus. We buy into the truth of Jesus. Lies that we don't have worth, lies that we have doubts, lies that we don't measure up, lies of failure, lies of unhappiness, lies that my marriage is this, that my kids are that, that singleness is this, whatever it is. These lies are broken with the truth of God and what he says about you. And he's renewing our mind in this. We can go from discouragement 
to hope because of this right here. Look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. You, you, you ever read that and like, what does that mean? Like you ever have a Thomas moment? Like, still don't know what you mean, God. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. Well, what's the divine power? They're truth to break every lie. The enemy's a liar, God is truthful. They have divine power to demolish every stronghold. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Listen, when something is set up against the knowledge of God, if God is true and everything about him is true, then Satan is trying to set up something against you getting to know the truth of who he is. Pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, we take captive every thought, we make it obedient to Christ. Everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, that this is the enemy's plan. So we speak forth the truth of Jesus over every lie because we have the truth of what God says about him and therefore it's the truth of what he says about us. Let me just practically show you how this worked for Jesus and then um, I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up. Jesus is in the wilderness. We've read this before. We've worked this. Mark 4 Jesus is fasting, he's praying, he's getting ready to launch into ministry, he's in the wilderness, um, probably a moment of difficulty for him. I mean, he, he, he understands where we're at because it says he's bared everything that we've bared, right, but still stayed without sin. And so he's in the wilderness, probably a place of difficulty for him. Um, he's worn out. It says that he's hungry. So Satan looks for the opportunity in this moment to best him, right? And so just real quickly, Matthew 4, Jesus fasted 40 days, 40 nights. He was hungry. The tempter came. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He spoke what? Truth. Somebody say truth. Then the devil took him to the holy city. Had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Did you see what the devil just tried to do? He tried to Jesus juke Jesus. He tried to say, look, it is written. He tried to give a little bit of a half truth in there. Look what Jesus says to him. Jesus says, it is also written. Boom, mic drop. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. What did he just do? He gave truth. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Truth. Then the devil left him. You see, church, I want you to see something. There was nothing else that Satan could do. He simply had to leave. His tactics, his lies were to get him to feel like he was in bondage, get him to feel like there was no way out, get him to feel like this circumstance is just too much for me to bear, when the reality is the truth will set you free. Jesus didn't wrestle with him. Jesus didn't have to fight him. He simply said it is written. He spoke the truth of God and the enemy had to flee. That's the way that we approach the enemy, amen? We're not wrestling and fighting with the enemy. We don't have to say, you know, stop doing this to me. We simply have to claim the truth of God over our situations, over our lives, over our circumstances of who Jesus is. You say I'm a failure? Man, I love this. You say I'm a failure? Let me tell you what my God says about me. 
You say, I'm a horrible parent. Let me tell you what my God says about me. You say, I'll never amount to anything. Let me tell you what my God says about me. You see, church, we just speak the truth. Jesus is the authority. My Father says this about me. That's why in John 14, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So, real quickly on the screen, can you pull up that last couple slides? What we have to do is we have to build new patterns. So I just gave an example of something that I try to use in my own life and that my wife will try to use in our life. Like, we'll try to build new patterns. I just wanted to, this is, don't, you have to use this. I just give an example of what this might look like on a day-to-day thing. So you wake up each day and you speak this truth over your life and you believe it. Because speaking is half the battle. Walking in it is the other half. Amen? I speak it, but I also got to walk in it. So today, I choose to walk in the reality and not my feelings. Today, I choose the truth and not the lies of the enemy. The truth is I'm adequate because a lot of times what we contend against is that we're inadequate. A lot, so the truth is I'm adequate because Jesus says I'm adequate. The truth is I have a sound mind because God has given me a sound mind. I have the power to choose life. I have the power to choose hope in Jesus. I choose today to operate out of hope. Again, you can change that for wherever you're at. Can you go to the next one? My feelings will not dictate my joy. Joy in Jesus is where I get my strength. And then you just read some scripture verses over you. Romans 8, 35, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Verse 37, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is mine. Somebody claim it, say mine. Mine through Christ who loves us. Jeremiah 17, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will show you the path to take. So here's the deal. However you want to do it. But this is a routine. This is a daily, you're getting up, I'm doing this daily. I'm doing this routinely. I'm getting up, I'm speaking truth over lies, I'm walking in this thing, okay? So band, you guys can come on forward. Here's what I want to do this morning. I I believe that there are some folks who've probably bought in. I have. You've probably bought into certain lies in your life. Maybe there's certain things that you've bought into that, um, man, you bought into a long time ago that you would never measure up. Or you bought into a a long time ago, you, you weren't adequate. You bought into a long time ago that you failed your kids and because of that, you'll just... That's just the way it is. They're never going to come around. They're, you're, you're now, they're out of the house. You're empty nesters. They're in their 20s and 30s, and you're sitting there going, I'll never have that relationship. You've bought into a lie that God can't restore that. Or maybe you've bought into a lie that this is just the way my marriage is, or you've bought into a lie that this is just singleness, just the way it's going to be for me. Whatever it is that you've bought into a lie, and here's what I'd like to do. As the band gets ready to play here in just a moment, at the two cross stations here, we're starting a thing where we've got a prayer team and a ministry team. They're going to come, and I'm going to invite you guys to do that now, prayer team. They're just going to stand up there at the two sides, all right? And up here at the altar right here, this is just for you and Jesus' time. Well, this is like hands off. We're just going to let you have your time if that's where you need to be at. But if you need just kind of a, a, a touch, you need somebody to speak truth into your life. You know that you try to break this thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, and you need a lie that's been spoken over you to be broken, or you just simply need truth to be spoken in your life. Maybe you're not out there and going, I'm, I'm, I don't know about like all of the craziness with that. I just need truth to be spoken into me. If that's you today, I encourage you just to come to one of the two sides and let the team minister to you. They're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're just gonna pray over you. That's it. If that's you, and so if if you're there. And that's where you need to be at today. 
You can come to the altar if you just need to come by yourself. You can come to the sides if you need to come by yourself. But I just wanna pray that nobody leaves this room with lies still hanging around your neck. Nobody leaves this room with lies still hanging around your neck when you can be free in Jesus today because of the truth of who He is. Let me pray that over us. Father, today, um, God, we pray that if there's lies that um, have been spoken, that you would not allow the enemy to keep that person or persons from receiving and experience freedom today in you. So God, would you break every stronghold today that sets itself up against you, that we can walk in the truth of Jesus Christ so that we can follow your example and speak truth into every single person we meet. We pray this in the name of Jesus today. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.